Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome back to episode 43 of the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is AJ, one of your hosts, and in this episode, we have something that is not so much Jets related as much as it is hockey related. I uh, just got off the phone, did an interview with Jordan Tutu. You might remember Jordan Tutu from uh, playing against the Winnipeg Jets in Detroit jerseys, New Jersey Devils jerseys, Chicago Blackhawks, but most notably Nashville Predators, who he was drafted by. Played eight, nine seasons there. I think he was drafted in 2001, if my memory uh, serves me correctly. Um, yeah, high energy guy, uh, first ever Enoch player to play in the NHL. Um, we also had Tim Stapleton on, who's the first ever Filipino. We're a bunch of firsts. We do all the firsts. So that's that's our thing, I guess now. But uh, Jordan was great. I only had him for a small window of time, 15 to 20 minutes, as he's driving one of his daughters to an appointment. So uh, I would have liked to keep him on for an hour and just talk his ear off and uh, and just hear about his story. But uh, if you want to know more about it, there's definitely. Uh, stuff online you can find about him uh, on YouTube. He has a book, All the Way My Life on Ice, which is a couple years old now, but it's a great book I've been working through. So uh, anyhow, I think you will enjoy this. This is a fun but short conversation with Jordan, and I kind of got through a good chunk of the questions, but I had to play it a little bit quick. So um, anyhow, enjoy. Let's get to it. Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is AJ, and I am talking with someone who I'm a very big fan of, Jordan Tutu. Thank you, Jordan, so much for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me today. Don't mind my uh, nasally voice here. I'm just battling a cold right now, so. Oh, that sucks. Well, you know what? Let's let's get right into it. I know we don't uh, don't have a, a ton of time, but I do have lots of uh, questions I want to get to. But most notably, I think recently you were just in Nashville to be honored by the Nashville Predators team that you're drafted by. I believe you played eight or nine seasons there. I'm curious if you could kind of maybe retell the story and of uh, what that was like to to go down there with your family and, and get to enjoy being the center of attention for a night. Yeah, you know what? Um, obviously, playing in Nashville for, for eight years, I I grew up in Nashville, you know, a young kid coming in, not, not a lot of experience, and, uh, and just being able to uh, mature and, um, you know, go through a lot of uh, ups and downs. Um, you know, with that organization, they've uh, they've had my back since day one, and I think everything just uh, kind of came full circle and and to kind of close close uh, that chapter of my my life, and uh, you know, for them to honor my family and I was uh, was pretty special. That's awesome. So now, obviously, the connection with Nashville, like you mentioned, is strong, and I'm I'm sure with. Barry Trotz and the, the Dauphin connection uh, and your, your mom, I think that was probably kind of a neat uh, first connection there. But uh, with the, the Preds now, do you do you follow the team pretty closely? Like their their playoff runs, is that who you're rooting for? I know that obviously you played for a couple of their teams after that, but is that like uh, you, you following it pretty closely still? Yeah, you know, I'd like, uh, like I said before, that, you know, being able to be a part of uh, something that has turned into – you know this huge buzz uh, as uh, the city of Nashville. You know, come playoff time, um, you know the the fan base was still growing when I was there. But you know, you you, you look at it now, it's probably one of the uh, most desirable cities to for guys to want to play in and and be a part of. You know, to them, 
you know, their family first. Um, the organization treats um, their players with um, with a lot of respect, and they 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 care about the player. You know, not not the hockey player. Yeah. And and I think that's what's great about that organization. Yeah, it was interesting. I was reading your 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 book all the way my life on on ice, and uh, you you kind of compared your time in Detroit specifically to how different it was in Nashville and how kind of family it was and how you guys hung out and everything. Is there still quite a few like connections for you? Because obviously other guys have moved on with their careers. Guys have, uh, like I mentioned, Barry Trotz. Is there still quite a few people there within the club that you're still close close with? Uh, there's a few guys that are still actually there, but um, it's the relationships that I made out, outside of uh, hockey that really – you know, draws, you know, not only myself, but, you know, my family back to, to Nashville. Uh, you know, the people are just amazing. They open everyone with welcome arms and, uh, you know, just the, the friendliness of, uh, being in Tennessee. Um, you know, it's, uh, something special to, uh, to really see the, the city grow as a fan base. And, uh, you know, I'm very happy for them. Well, there's uh, a lot of Jets fans that won't like the fact that uh, Nashville is actually probably my second favorite team because uh, I've been a long time, you know, Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Volunteers fan. So when it comes to football, those are the teams I cheer for in basketball right now. They're, the Volunteers are doing really well. Anyhow, uh, kind of going back again to something you talk about in uh, in your book, I'm curious because I was actually going to ask this question before I read the book, but uh, you're, you had an opportunity to actually sign in, in Winnipeg. I'm curious. Um, just kind of what all went into your decision to not come to Winnipeg and, and had you come to Winnipeg, do you think that would have been uh, maybe a, a good experience? Do you think you'd still be playing like, and, and maybe just finish out your career as opposed to uh, you went to two or three other teams after that. So I'm just kind of curious uh, about the, the Winnipeg connection for you and how special that, that could have been and uh, what you think about that. Yeah, obviously you can go back uh, and, you know, you know, talk about what I could have, should have, would have done, right? And right. and for me, at at that specific time in my career, uh, you know, I wanted the best, the best opportunity to uh, to win the Stanley Cup. And um, you know, obviously, with free agency, um, you know, everything is just kind of up in the air, and you don't really know what to expect. Um, but you know, obviously, growing up in in Nunavut and um, you know being able to watch the Jets as a young kid, it was always a um, you know desirable city for me to want to play in. And and obviously, as my career went on, I just uh, you know the opportunities you know may have been there, but. Um, you know, it just wasn't the, probably the right fit for me at, at that specific time in my career. So, you know, I'm happy that the the city and the Winnipeg Jets are are back and, you know, on the map and, uh, you know, the buzz around. Every time I, you know, played against the Jets, it was uh, amazing to just be back in Manitoba and uh, and lace up the skates again. Yeah. Well, I was at a game when you were playing for Detroit and I think I was in the section, the family section, because 
I swear there was about 50 people with two two jerseys all around us cheering for you. So it was kind of special. I know a lot of Winnipeg fans, you know, uh, obviously feel a, a strong connection with you. And, uh, yeah, it would have been pretty special to, to have you here. So, you know, for, for us, I know for you, you think about your career, right? Obviously it makes sense. But for as a fan, it'd be like, oh, you know, we just missed that moment. We missed having Jordan there. So that would have been pretty cool. So, um, anyhow, kind of going like way back to your time in uh in Brandon and kind of tying into the Winnipeg connection you did actually have a season there I don't know if you remember this where you played with our current Winnipeg Jet Dustin Bufflin there for a little bit I wonder if you remember much about uh you know your your time playing with uh with with Bufflin there because I think that's kind of again sort of coming full circle some of the connections and stuff uh what you remember about playing with the big guy and here's a little a trivia thing too do you know if you ever connected on any uh, any points, any goals, assists, kind of where you connected at all? I know, I know the answer. I'm going to see if you know the answer or not. Well, obviously, you know, I was young myself. I think Buff might might be a couple of years younger than me, but I definitely definitely remember him coming to uh, the Wheat Kings training camp and actually cracking the lineup. And uh, you know, I think back then. You know he was uh, he was a monster. You know as junior, as a junior kid, you know you look at Big Buff and you you wonder like how is this guy playing the game with with that size? But uh, I definitely remember playing with him. Uh, I think he got traded shortly after out to Prince George, uh, if I can re- re- recollect that. But. Um, as far as connecting with him on any goals or assists, maybe his maybe his first goal I got an assist. I'm just taking a wild guess here. No, yeah, you're yeah, well, you're you're on on the right track. You guys did connect uh, one time. You're right. He was there for a short short time. Uh, I was looking into it. I thought it was just kind of a again another fun connection. But uh, I think you both had the you know primary and secondary assists on someone else's goal uh, one time. You had a lot of points that season. Buff obviously wasn't there that long and didn't get nearly as much because like you said, he's a young guy. Probably wasn't getting. You're as much playing time and stuff too, but anyhow, uh, um, back to to you and your time in Nashville when you're drafted there. I know that your culture and everything has been very important to you, very prominent. You talk about it a lot. I'm curious what the culture shock was like when you went to Nashville, Cowboy Town. You know, like uh, of all the places you could go, that would be quite a bit different than you know the the culture that you you come from. And what what parts of your stuff uh, was maybe the hardest to uh, kind of get over and get used to there and uh, what was maybe the most unusual fun kind of things to teach some of your teammates well I think for me the the biggest uh, shock to to me was the weather right you know obviously growing up in Nunavut you're used to the pretty uh, pretty chilly uh, temperatures and uh, I remember the first time going to Nashville it was in uh, in July for you know, a rookie camp, and it was like plus 35 degrees, and the humidity was just killing me. And uh, I was like, "Whoa, I don't know if I can uh, if I can handle this." But um, obviously, over the years, my my blood uh, thinned out a bit and uh, got used to it. <laughs> um, I think the earlier in my career, just the whole country music scene and you know the the live music was uh you know and, and is still pretty neat to experience yeah and uh with uh your your time there two 
<clears throat> Sorry, I got something. Uh, when you first got there, I, this is a little bit of a weird question, but uh, you took 55, I believe that was your first number there, but everyone knows you as 2-2, wearing, uh, you know, uh, number 22. I'm curious, over the, the years, who are, do you remember some of the players that maybe uh, took that number to you? Because it seems like it was a pretty obvious kind of connection to have that that number and uh, with your with your name and everything. But you took 55, I believe you had 70. Four seventy six or something like that in in Detroit. So uh, do you do you remember some of the guys and like how does that work when you're the young guy coming in? How do you get that uh, the number that you want? Yeah, well obviously uh, in Nashville our our captain Greg Johnson wore number twenty two, so it was a no brainer for me to not even uh, ask. You know, just the respect that you know from a young kid to a veteran guy. You don't you don't even go there, but uh, the <laughs> Greg played a couple of years there. I wore 55 my first year. And second year, Danny Markov came in who uh, who wore number 55. Uh, so I offered him the, the jersey, 55, because, you know, obviously him playing in the league for a lot of years, I gave up the jersey. And I wore 14 for, for that year. And then following year that my third season in uh 22 was available and i've had that ever since yeah it seems like yeah that's definitely been kind of a a constant like i said i think in new jersey had a a different number for a year there too but um now this again this is kind of be a different question but i think you're the perfect person to answer it but um given the fact that you played with the blackhawks and and your your background uh being the first enoch player to play in the nhl i'm curious what your your take is on um, some of the, the names, the, the team names that are kind of controversial. I think it's a, just an interesting topic. It comes up a lot, uh, usually with the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Indians, their, their, their mascot that they're no longer using. Just curious what, what your take is on, on some of those. You played with the Blackhawks, uh, like I mentioned. Um, I'm just, yeah, just, uh, wondering what, uh, maybe your thoughts are about, uh, those, those names continue to exist. Are they honoring or are some of them you're okay with, some not? Well, I'm going to be honest with you just because I always am. Uh, I ain't a political person. So for for me, that's, uh, you know, the, the names of different teams honestly doesn't, um, you know, affect me in uh, any way, shape, or form. You know, obviously everyone has their own opinions and views on on different uh, different things, but... For me personally, polit- politically, it doesn't phase me. So uh, yeah. there's no argument there for me. You know, I just, at the end of the day, just, uh, you know, playing for the Chicago Blackhawks, original six team was uh, was an honor and, uh, you know, something that I'll remember and cherish for the rest of my life. Yeah, and you got to play for two original six teams too. That's a, That's a pretty cool thing, especially for people who are into, like, hockey history i know that in in the book you mentioned when you first got to detroit the fact that even though the experience wasn't all that you wanted um that it was still an honor to play for one of those original six teams so getting to play for two is uh is pretty cool now uh, about your totally yeah absolutely you know the history behind all that you know walking into the joe lewis arena and seeing all the the stanley cups that they won you know in chicago the united center just uh a lot of history there and you know, like I said, just very grateful and honored and humbled about uh, having that opportunity. Right. Now, 
a lot of people like myself really enjoyed watching you play, watch uh, your your style of game and everything. But it feels like because you're you know tough, whatever you're an er- energy guy, that you kind of got um, maybe limited to to that role. And I think uh, hockey nowadays seems to be moving for some away from a role based uh, um, team to more of like a skill based thing. And you're probably one of the players that could have crossed over that. Do you do you feel like uh, you would have excelled? Had you been pushed up the lineup a bit more in your your experience and not just been counted on to you know bring some toughness, some energy, and all that, because obviously you did that and did that well, one of the the best at it. But at the same time, you did have some scoring prowess. You did have some hands. You were able to pass. You had like a, racked up a ton of points when you were in junior. You know you're very very capable. So do you feel like your career would have been a little bit different had someone kind of focused on that element of your game? Well, for me, obviously, you know, you, you find your knack and you, you perfect it. And, uh, you know, I, I knew what my role was. And obviously when you're given opportunities, you have to uh, you have to seize them, right? And, um, you know, it's all about the results. And for me, when you're given opportunities to, to play more minutes, you know, more, more happens, right? And, uh, you know, obviously being labeled as a fourth-line player, hey, I played – 13 years in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, you know, so just um, grateful about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just, a, I, I guess, from perspective, I, I go, uh, would have liked to even see more, you know, more more, more of you out there uh, doing some of the other stuff that you're, you're capable of. So I was just curious your take on that. But um, and, and even to that point, when you were uh, in Detroit and, you know, some young guys were, you know, passing you, you know, in the team's eyes, do you feel like there's a, uh, an inefficiency maybe in the way that the people run teams sometimes? Like it's, it's not always the best players getting the best opportunities. Sometimes people get left behind a little bit. Well, you know, obviously you can't control what, you know, management does. All you can control is, uh, you know, being a good pro every day, being a good guy in the dressing room. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I knew what my role was. And, uh, you know, at some point in your career, you got to be able to let go and, uh, and, and you know, don't consume yourself with uh, overthinking, you know, because it, it ruins you. It ruins players. And we all know that when you think too much, it uh, it consumes you. And for me, I think probably when I sobered up, couple years into my sobriety that's when I really kind of let go of uh you know every day what are they thinking what what am I doing wrong you know when I just kind of turned the page and said you know what I'm just gonna be a good guy in the dressing room work hard every day because that's all I can control right speaking about the sobriety I was going to ask you about that too but it kind of connects into uh some of your reasons for retiring and trying to to give back and help uh, I'm curious what your life after hockey has, has all consisted of. I know that you do some charity work and whatnot. Maybe you could speak to what your life looks like afterwards, after hockey, and what hockey you're still playing. I know you're on the ice today. That's what your wife said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know what? I, I got to walk away from the game on my own terms and, uh, and uh, you know, start a new chapter. And for me, it was about – you know, giving back to the indigenous populations, and you know, I, I just feel that it's uh, it's right for me to uh, to get out and talk about my experiences, my my life, and uh, you know, because a lot of these reserves and remote communities, 
they can relate to my story and if I can give hope to to these kids to show them that there is light at the end of the tunnel uh you know it puts a smile on my face uh, you know I I ended one cycle to start a new cycle for my family and uh and to give them you know opportunities uh to see life from a different perspective and for me it's been uh it's been a joy to to be a dad every day and be home with my kids and watch them grow because ultimately uh you know my two girls and my wife are my Stanley Cup and uh you know although playing in the NHL your ultimate goal is to win the cup but uh you know I get to be home with my my girls and my wife and uh and grow together that's awesome, Jordan. Well, I know that uh, we're on a bit of a, a time budget, so I don't want to keep you uh, too much longer. But uh, somebody asked, uh, I, I, I put it out there. I said, does anyone have any questions? And uh, I kind of did a little bit late. So, But one person asked me, they said, have you ever read or watched the movie Jacob Tutu meets Hooded Fang? Have you ever heard of this book? It's a kid's book. I mean, yeah, you've got the young young girls. I'm wondering if this is a, something that people have brought to your attention before, that uh, there seems to be a movie book named after you. <laughs> Although it was done uh, before you, I guess. Yeah, no, honestly, I've never heard about it or read it. So I'll have to look it up and uh, check it out. Yeah, I think I think it's a kid's show now or something. So, uh, yeah, maybe there, there might be a, uh, a fun connection. But, I mean, it's uh, it's whatever. The reason he was called Tutu is because, I guess, people don't – he was the youngest child, and uh, no one heard him, so he had to say everything twice. So, that, so it was Tutu, awesome. like the number two. <laughs> but anyhow, Jordan, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, wish I could have kept you on the line for another uh, four or five hours because I could uh, think of a bazillion questions. Really enjoying the book and uh, watching some documentaries and, and uh, videos uh, about your life. It's uh, really interesting, inspiring, and fun. Good luck with uh, you know the rest of your, your life after hockey and all the stuff that you're doing. It sounds like you're in a really good place. And you got some exciting stuff going on. So, again, thanks for your time, Jordan. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All the best. No problem. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care.